<coughs> Log entry 216, Bad Brew Case number 008. Subject is Ghostbusters Answer the Call. Ghostbusters Answer the Call is a 2016 film directed by comedy heavyweight Paul Fee and a remake of director Ivan Reitman's 1984 comedy classic. The film follows paranormal experts Aaron Gilbert and Abby Yates as they and the rest of their ragtag crew investigate and ultimately face off against a spectral infestation of epic proportions in the streets of New York. At 74% on popular film rating website Rotten Tomatoes, Ghostbusters Answer the Call remains one of the higher rated films in my bad brew analyses. However, with an audience score of only 50%, and after numerous conversations with my peers who seem absolutely shaken to the core by the idea of a gender-swapped Ghostbusters film, I've decided that a thorough examination is warranted to decide if Ghostbusters Answer the Call truly captures the spirit of the original franchise, or if this is Ecto-1 that can be skipped. You're listening to the Buzzkill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 216. Welcome back to the Buzzkill Podcast, where today we pick up the phone hesitantly. Like, you know, like when you get a phone call and it's like from a number that's like a 1-800 number. And like, you know, I, I know I didn't really win a cruise, but I'm going to answer it just in case it's it's like the, the water company telling me that my water is poisoned, right? You got to answer the call. So today we answer the call in <laughs> Bad Brew. <laughs> Ghostbusters answer the call. That was you know the longest. Saying, though, right? That was the longest <laughs> intro, <laughs> and just the What's worst. On? What's going on, guys? I'm like, I'm Jim, of course. And you know what I'm talking about, though, right? You uh, get those crank calls. You're like, I know this is a bullshit call. Yet there's a part of you that's like, but what if it's like the COVID people calling you to tell you like the person you sat next to a Chuck E. Cheese is gonna kill you, right? Bro, I am part of the 21st century, and I have that thing on my phone where it says spam risk. I have some. So, of them. I have some of them that do that, but so, not all. Of them. You know, you know, catch up with the rest of society, bud. Sorry, I don't have one of those fancy iPhones. Yeah, I I apologize. Well, I'm get on that, one I'm on that Android shit, bro. Yeah, that's lame, dude. I don't even know how you deal with that shit. <sighs> you know. <laughs> Living the Stone Age over here, <laughs> like, like like all those widgets everywhere. And oh, dude, I love and, the widgets. And also, that's, dude, and also, what's reasons, a widget? <laughs> that's one of the reasons that I don't like iPhones. They're boring. I don't. I, I like all the flashy I, shit you can do on an Android. Oh, I'm not joking. I don't know what a widget is. I hear that. It's, it's I hear app. that. It's a what? It's just a, like a live app that sits instead of instead of it being an <clears throat> app on your on the phone screen, right? Yeah. It, it's like it, it can take up like an entire row of apps, but it's interactive. It, it, like it has like updated weather or search bars or, you know, stuff like that. So it's an app. Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> so it's an app, like any other app. But I don't have to open it though. It's just live on the screen. Oh. Like it runs. It runs in the background. So all I have to do is turn my phone on, and I have updated weather, or I have updated, you know, alarm clock, or like I said, search bar, oh, or stuff like I that. I think okay. So part of the new Apple iPhone update, I think you can do that now. Oh, oh, well, I'm sorry. Is iPhone uh, ripping off Android? Maybe, dude. Yeah. Doesn't everybody yeah. rip off everybody? 
Yeah, it's true. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you could do that, but I don't know why. Because it's stupid. I like him. Anyway, what's going on, James? Not much, bro. Are, just chilling. How are you? Good. Yeah, chill, good. Just chilling like a villain. Chilling like a chilling like. Are you, are you villaining? Villaining. <clears throat> that's a weird word. Villaining. It's weird. It sounds weird to you, and that's because <laughs> it's not a real word. Um, <laughs> no, we uh, we celebrated my son's birthday today. Oh yeah, nine years, man. Isn't that fucky? He's twenty nine already. He's twenty nine years old. Holy shit! I had him when I was. He six. only looks forty. <laughs> <laughs> um, had, had him yeah, when I was six. The little, the little scamp. And, Od- uh, oddly, <clears throat> oddly enough, you didn't even know your wife back then. No, it was like a ran- it was like a random. She touched a surface that you happened to touch, and I think bingo, we were. Bango, I think we were at the same. I think we were at the same concert, and it was uh, it was Bush, you know. Oh, uh, and when no. you're <laughs> when you're watching Gavin Rosdale on stage, things happen, and yep. then she yep. she sat in the wrong seat, and you know the, the rest gates, is history. The floodgates were open. You were like you just got done training for the Olympic swim team. It was <laughs> it was a perfect storm. <laughs> this is this is weird. So anyway. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, celebrated my son's birthday today. Unfortunately, without any of our family, which you know sucks. But yeah, I saw some be- pictures. You had some people come to the door at least, right? Yeah, we had people come to the door. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Fucking COVID. Yep, I hate this year, it, dude. It yeah, dude, it's gonna suck. It's it's it is what it is. They'll make the best of it, you know. <laughs> and people are like, Ugh, I can't wait until twenty twenty is over. It's like you know that this. You know, it's not just going to end when 2020 is over, right? No, 2021 is going to suck, too. 2021 is going to be half the, balls. At least for half the year. I would, I, would, I would imagine that around maybe the July mark, you might start seeing a semblance of normality. Yeah, maybe. But that's it. Yeah. But that's it. We'll get there. I have sure. high hopes, you know? Yeah. I've got high hopes. We'll get there. Don't, don't, don't ever do that again. I've got... Damn it, James! Go to hell, man. <laughs> uh, other than that, just been chilling and uh, yeah. trying to catch up on leather orders, which is not going well. I've stretched myself too thin. And then guess what I went and did today? Some guy took got a hold more, of me. Took on I, more orders? Some guy got a hold of me and asked if I could <laughs> make him four knife sheaths before Christmas. And I called him and I was like, I don't know, dude. Like... uh. All of my stuff that I make is custom, so I usually order the leather, you know, specifically for the job I'm doing and blah, blah, blah. That's not entirely true, but I wanted him to feel bad about ordering so late. (laughs) I hope he doesn't listen to the show. Because I have a ton of leather on hand. Well, I don't have anything really in the weight that I need to make sheaths for. And uh, I was like, I don't know, it's an extra couple hundred bucks I could get. So I was like, sure, I can do it. And and then I'm like, I'm texting him. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to need to borrow the knives, so... Can you meet up tomorrow so I can get him? And he texts me back a few minutes later. He goes, to be honest with you, I'm a little leery of uh, handing $1,000 worth of knives over to a stranger in a parking lot. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. I'm not forcing you, dude. Like, if you want the sheaths, I need the knives. If you don't, then, you know, go buy some... You go can, buy some one size fits all sheets from fucking Gander Mountain or something, bro. Yeah, I mean, you just tell just tell the dude like if you could you could give him dimensions, but there's no guarantee it's gonna fit, and you're not getting your money back. Like, well, and the thing is, is I was referred to him from somebody else who knows me, so it's not like he just found me on the internet and he's like, hey, this stranger seems like he makes leather things. It's like I was I was he was referred to me. And I'm like, that's oh. actually usually how I find all of my my <clears throat> leather people. 
just strangers I just find on a the random, internet. Random stranger well, on the internet. to be fair, the, make this. To be fair, the type of leather goods that you're into, <laughs> you can only find them through seedy strangers on the internet. Lots of lots of lots of circular metal rings on the stuff that I get. <laughs> Oh, you're so you're super into like um, how does how does how does this leather hold up to bodily fluids? <laughs> you're gonna want to go with a glazed harness. It's uh, it's uh, or maybe a maybe a nice uh, maybe a nice pull up leather. It's uh, it's basically waterproof. Yeah, I, I'm that, not talking. Like, I'm not talking about water, bud. Most most of what I use is water based, at least though. So that's good. <laughs> anyway, um, what have you been up to? Yeah. Not a whole lot. It's been uh, it's just been a week. It's, it's the holiday season, so it's always crazy around my parts. But uh, yeah, those parts. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just I'm just <laughs> honestly I'm getting a bit nervous about all the packages that I've ordered that I still have to send out yeah, because we're not seeing family, and I still haven't gotten some of my orders in that I've ordered. So I get ner- I'm a little get- bit nervous that things aren't going to get to places in time for the old the old Christ Day. You know, <clears throat> I get nervous about my package getting places on time too. Yeah, I don't really worry about that too much in these days. Just um, no. Nah. I'm sorry. There's no pressure. Was, I'm sorry. I was drinking some wine earlier. Uh, <laughs> um, no, also, that's I'm not no. The one, I'm not the one starting off drunk tonight. No, I'm not. I'm not drunk. I just I'm I'm nice and loosey goosey. I had some. I only had a bottle and a half. I had some uh, some Lilanos. Wait, was it Lilanos Hellers? It was the winter peach, whatever the hell yes. it was. It was Ooh, fucking. It was peach delicious wine. Mm. I'm on, not oh, on board. So good. It tastes you know like juice. You know what did happen this week, and I, I thought about putting this into our news section, but being that even though it's it's genre stuff and we've covered it a little bit on the show, yeah. I kind of felt like I'm going to keep the news strictly to more more like hardcore genre stuff, you know? Sure. But uh, Marvel and Disney this week, well, I guess same thing, Disney this week <laughs> you went on a rampage of announcing all of their new... Uh, upcoming projects for like the next three years. Yeah. Uh, mostly on the MCU and Star Wars related stuff. Okay. And it's pretty fucking nuts, dude. Let's hear it. Hit me with it. Um, there's there's just a ton of stuff. I'm not going to go through it all because there's there's honestly just way, way too much. Um, I have it pulled up here. Where did I find it? Excuse me. God, I'm drinking this orange cream and it is whipping my ass. Orange whip? <laughs> orange Get whip? It. Orange whip. Um, let's see here. We have, there's a lot of stuff that we already, like, knew about or whatever, but, like, I didn't, like, we got uh, trailers for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is the new uh, uh, Falcon and, uh, well, Winter Soldier show. Perfect sense, right? Did you say Uh, show? It's a show? Yeah, it's a series. So we have a WandaVision series that's coming out, which looks awesome. That looks so good, dude. I'm really excited about that. It's cool, because if you watch it, it looks like an old school, like, I Love Lucy's type sitcom, but then it, like, glitches out every now and then. Yeah, yeah. You can tell there's something else going on, which Mm -hmm. is really cool. So we got a, a new trailer for WandaVision, the first trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, they the Black Widow, which is already done. I think they pushed that back actually, so that's ready to come out. It's been done for a while, hasn't it? Yeah, the new Loki series, oh. which uh, is starring um, Owen Wilson. Wow, <laughs> wow. Um, which looks batshit crazy. It's basically like they put Loki into like a like a mystery crime thriller, and really? the way that Kevin Feige explained it, he goes. If if the idea of that confuses you, don't worry. Loki is just as confused. <laughs> so they're kind of they're really trying all these different types what, of what does, ideas uh, for these characters. What does uh, Owen Wilson have to do with it? He plays. So they the start of the trailer is you know the, the scene in I think I believe that is Endgame where they have to go back to 
one of the older movies where Loki is being um, transported out and they're trying to steal the uh, the um, Tesseract. And like 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 Tony Stark goes back in time to try to steal the Tesseract from himself. Yeah. And Captain America ends up fighting Captain America. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Loki ends up getting a hold of the Tesseract because it flies out of the briefcase and he disappears. Uh-huh. The way that the trailer sets it up is that this is what happened when he disappeared. Oh, this is okay. where he went. So that's how they're, they're tying it in, so what, which is really cool. So what does Owen Wilson have to do with it? He's a character that finds him, basically, and takes him to this underground, or I think it's underground, but like this weird world, wherever Loki ended up at. And Owen Wilson almost kind of seems like a handler-type really? character. Yeah, it's bizarre. Thor, Thor's mom made me grab her hooters. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Honk honk. Um, let's see the uh, the Shang Chi movie that is coming out, which is the first movie of Phase Four, I believe. Shang Chi. Shang Chi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is weird. Black Widow is coming out May seventh, though. Which is that not part of Phase Four? No, because it's an older movie. It takes place in the past. Yeah. <clears throat> that makes sense. Okay. There you go. Then you have. Then you have uh, the new animated series, What If, where it's basically like, what if the Winter Soldier became Captain America, right? The alternate timeline stuff. Really? But what's really cool is that it's being narrated by the Watchers, which are those dudes, the giant heads that oh, showed yeah, up yeah. at the end of, that yeah. everyone thought Stan Lee was in all the movies. Right. So that's kind of a cool thing based on a comic series. They announced Miss <clears throat> Marvel, uh, a, new, a new movie coming out. Um, they announced The Eternals, which is like the biggest sprawling project they've done to date um there's just there's just tons and tons and tons of stuff they announced which is great secret invasion which is like civil war kind of tie-in where every it's like a it's next to civil war in the comic series secret invasion was the biggest crossover event they've ever done cool so pretty it's a pretty big thing and like he's saying this is all going to tie into feature movies later on it's just really cool like if you're yeah, into MCU stuff a lot, a lot of shit that came out. Um, Basically, nerd heaven is what you're talking. Oh about. yeah, <laughs> there's a new. Uh, there's a because Iron Man is spoilers dead. There's a new Iron type Wait, person. What? <laughs> there's a new show coming out called Iron Heart, which is about a little, uh, not a little girl, but uh, a young woman who has a set of armor, and she. Like the most sophisticated set of armor since Iron Man, and it's her story of basically picking up that mantle. I guess I don't really know. Cool. Uh, there's another show called Armor Wars where Don uh, uh, Don Cheadle comes back as War Machine, and it's all about him, at people all around the world having the technology and him, you know, fighting it off and stuff. Right on. Um, just tons and tons and tons. Oh, an animated series called I Am Groot. Which is all about baby Groot and his friends. That's cute. It's just <laughs> and and because it's because it's a major studio production, it's still gonna have twenty seven writers. Yeah, right. But all of the dialogue <laughs> is just I am Groot. Yep. And then they and then Genius. also this wasn't even this wasn't even a part of this release, but then the, the news of the new fucking Spider Man movie. And oh, all yeah. the people coming back for that. You're gonna have it they're even though it's being filmed already and it is predicated around Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire both coming back. Yeah. Tobey Maguire has yet to sign a deal. And apparently he's holding out for $15 million <laughs> to do his walk-on. You're but not that good. <laughs> he's got them by the fucking balls, though, because they've already started filming this movie. Is it, you know? is it, is it illegal for them to just f- use a digital version of him? Probably, yeah. His likeness. <laughs> then again, uh, though, not really, because if it's just the character and Fox owns the character... 
Now yeah, Marvel does. Right. Or Disney does. Because um, I would be okay with that. Because I don't like Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. I don't mind Tobey Maguire. I, I like... He was, I, I like he's the f- my Spider-Man, damn it. Is he really? Is he? <laughs> I mean, he's the one that we grew up with. Yeah, so doesn't mean it's good. Hey, Bruce Campbell gave him his fucking name. He's my Spider-Man, okay? Fine, whatever. Come on. But also, there was the news that uh, Alfred Molina, who played Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2, is in it. You have Jamie Foxx, who played Electro in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, is uh-huh. also in it. So this whole Spider-Verse, multiverse thing is just out of my mind amazing. I'm so pumped for it. I should probably, I should probably, I liked the first Spider-Man movie. I did. With, yep. with, uh, what's his face? Tobey Maguire. Uh, and this, which, which one was it? The second one was with Doc Ock, right? Yep. That one was pretty one. good. The third one the third was. The third one was the Venom emo, emo piece. Yeah, God. <laughs> that just, that, that was so bad. Yeah. So, so, so bad. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. Not that the movie was terrible. It's just, he wasn't yeah. great. <laughs> So anyway, what are you gonna do? But yeah, just tons of that or whatever. And then Star Wars, they 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 announced a new Rogue Squadron movie. They announced a ton of different shows for Disney Plus, and I'm just pumped on it all. Like it, like it's nerd heaven, you know. Get it jazzed, really get jazzed on fucking, it, dude. And I got Disney Plus now. Got Fuck it yeah. today for stealing for, it from my brother. <laughs> I was gonna say for free, and I'm also stealing it from my brother-in-law. There you go. Because come on, I'm. There needs to be a there needs to be a contingent of us, uh, us uh, f- freeloaders. Oh yeah, right. Course. Because Disney because Disney has enough money and they own everything. And the thing is, I don't feel bad about it because Disney actually does. Uh, they're okay. It says right in the guidelines that you are allowed to share it with family and friends up to four streams streamers at any given time. Oh really? So yeah, so you're oh. perfectly allowed to do it. So oh. we're not breaking any laws. Oh. It's like it's like Napster if it was illegal. Fuck you, or or if it was legal. <laughs> fuck you, Lars Ulrich. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Anyway, well, hey man. Speaking speaking of Lars Ulrich and uh, mistakes that the universe has made. Ooh, uh, yeah. Did we get anything heard wrong? St. Anger? Did we get anything <laughs> wrong last week? No, but Metallica did with St. Anger. Boom! Nailed it. And we trash move can, on. Trash can lid. Trash can lid. Trash can lid. <laughs> Let's get into some corrections. All right. Stupid! You're so stupid! All right, James. Um, I didn't listen to the entire episode, but I did listen to a little bit of it, and there, there were some things I needed to uh, clarify here. Okay. Uh, I said last week that Perrin was my favorite grapefruit beer. It's not. I don't know why I said that. You silly bitch. It's 100% not. I'm listening back to it. I go, I just lied to the American people. <laughs> like, what, what am I doing? There are six people... <laughs> who are walking around with this Life false shattered. with this false information probably telling all their family and friends did you know that mike from the buzzkill <laughs> podcast his favorite grapefruit beer is Perrin? did you know that it's the kind of thing and, they, and then his family and friends street, go so it's... and his family and friends go who it's the kind of I, thing I that you tell strangers on the street though so it's spreading like covid it's just like it's word of mouth, man. I mean, that, COVID is kind of the word of mouth, right? That, yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess sort of. Yeah. It is. It's like a nasty anyway, rumor um, that's being the, spread. The one that I was thinking of was Ballast Point. Ballast Point. Ballast is, Point is my favorite. Yeah. Ballast Their Point. Grapefruit sculpting. Grape, is, grapefruit sculpting. So is good. The best. Yeah. Um. Anyway, though, yeah. Perrin, I agreed with you when 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 you said it, how it's a little bit too. Um. Even though I like bitter beers, it was a little bit too. It's a little too tart. rough. A little, a little bit, a little too raft. Yeah. A little too raft. Um, 
Also, James, I need you to <clears throat> count on, on your fingers for me right now. Oh, shit. Stone. Shipyard. New Belgium. 21st Amendment. Harpoon. Southern Tier. Clown Shoes. Bells. Rogue. Surly. Green Beer Valley. And Brewdog. Okay. 12, 12 black IPAs, bitch. Oh, that's how many we've had on the show? <laughs> no, you, you you said last week, last week, I go, I love black IPAs. And you go, oh yeah, where have you had them from? And I said, I couldn't remember. And he goes, name me 12. Oh. <laughs> See, it would help if I listened to the show. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, bitch. It doesn't, it now, doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't work if you do it a week later. In fairness, though, I haven't actually had all of those. Oh. Um, and, so, and I've had about half of them, though. Because a lot of them, I actually didn't realize they were black IPAs. Name me 12 out were... of those 12 that you've had. No, I've definitely had the Bells. I didn't write the names down, but I've definitely had the Bells. I've had the Rogue. Uh, I've had the Brewdog. I've had the Harpoon. I've had the Clown Shoes. I th- the Stone, because a lot of those uh, drink by stones yeah. like the, with the date on them are black IPAs. And then also the uh, New Belgium, I believe I've had too. Uh, the, more the main ones, you know, that I've, uh, that I've definitely had. So. For sure. So go filt a fish. Um, Nailed go, me. Go filt a fish. <laughs> go go filt a fish. Uh, anyway, that's all I got. Cool, man. I have nothing because, like I said, didn't listen to the episode. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> anyway, hey, man. We're drinking some beers this week, and we're talking about some movies. So, well, some movie, in fact. Uh, we are talking this week about... The 2016 Ghostbusters movie, Ghostbusters Answer the Call, which we looked this up because there was a little bit of confusion surrounding the title of this movie, whether or not Answer the Call was actually the subtitle of the film. Correct. Turns out it is. So, 2016, Paul Feig, Ghostbusters, Answer the Call. You're just going to interrupt me. Okay. Well, yeah, before you move on from it. Uh, the only reason that it has the title Answer the Call was specifically to differentiate it from the first one. It doesn't sound like they wanted to name it that. <coughs> they wanted to just name it Ghostbusters. Right. So, because even Paul Feig, we were just reading before we came on here, even Paul Feig said, don't put it on the front title card. So where the main title of the movie is, it just says Ghostbusters. Right. So, take it for what it is. Take it for what it is. You know what else you can take for what it is? Your mother. <laughs> That and <laughs> tonight we are drinking from this epic. Is, this is how we date ourselves. Your mama jokes are still funny here on the Buzzkill podcast. <laughs> this, that's how I. That's how I date your mom. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Me too. Oh boy. All right. So anyway, um, <laughs> from Epic Brewing in Denver, Colorado. This is chasing ghosts. Uh, if, if there's any confusion as to how that lines up with the show, then I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe take a maybe take a long walk on a long pier and think about it. Ponder your life. <laughs> just just think about it. I don't want you to die. I just well, or, I just or want or you die. to think about it. Or no 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 no. Go take a long walk on a dock. Go take a long Do- walk on a short pier. And then when somebody starts chasing you as a ghost, oh, you don't understand it. Okay. So you really got to go through, uh, go through either, emotions. Either method would work just fine. Uh, or, so oh, this is... Meth would also, also also work. Just do a bunch of meth, and then you'll die and become a ghost. So yeah, that works too. Oh, that wasn't that funny, but... 
I'm in a mood. All right. So <laughs> this is Chasing Ghosts, double dry hopped, double hazy IPA. Mm. It's a 10 percenter, of course. It's, uh, it's a 10 <clears throat> there, James. We're uh, we're talking about a 10 percenter there for sure. So uh, it's going to be one of them nights, huh? Striving to make the best beer in the world can be a long and lonely trail to blaze. It is with passion that we chase something that we can that can never be caught, chasing ghosts. This double dry hop, double hazy, double New England style IPA is one of our favorites to drink along the way on this endless journey. Happy trails, amigos. <laughs> it's pretty audacious of them to <laughs> to uh, what was, what assume first... assume that I'm their amigo. What was the first line of that? <laughs> <clears throat> Striving to make the best beer in the world can be a long and lonely trail to blaze. Okay, okay. So you, <laughs> what did I, I say? Know, I don't know. Apparently, I'm in a mood too because you started. You go striving to make the best beer in the world. Like you put a long gap in between in the middle. I'm like, oh, he's done. That was a very short description. You could look at it two ways. It was either a dramatic pause, or I was I was pausing for the applause of our six listeners. Oh, I, I get it. Because you know, <clears throat> I just have a feeling that every time I start to read these descriptions of beers, people really get juiced. They do, and no, they 100%. start and they start clapping at their radio or their AirPods. Give us the beer, James. <laughs> give us the beer. <laughs> give me the give me the stats. All right, um, let's try this. I'm excited. It smells good. It smells very good. Cheers. Yes, you I'm have a beer you out have of a, a pint mug. glass. Why would you pour that into a coffee cup? Because there's beer in my glass still. You drink the beer. That's a half glass of beer. I'm not I just chugged a half that. glass of beer. Ooh, it smells lovely. It smells right. very nice. Mm. Ooh. I, it tastes like a 10%er, but it tastes damn good. It's got so many flavors. Ooh, there's like a there's like a, a taste that kind of lofts. Lofts back at you after you swallow. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> No, like I'm seriously. Like when you open your mouth and then you breathe, your nose takes in the scent of what was in your mouth. It's like a French inhale. It's a sort of oh, don't you miss smoking sometimes? Remember when no, we used to smoke? I might be I might be dying, so no. Don't you remember that? I do. Those yeah. were the good old days, man. Yeah. Thinking we look cool smoking cigarettes and shit. Ah, uh, yeah. Don't do drugs, kids. It's not really I mean it's not really drugs. Um I suppose it is. Nicotine's a drug. I'm sorry. You're right. Do drugs, James. <laughs> Do all the drugs. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Do all the drugs. Um, this is very good. Uh, it is very good. It's delicious. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to limit myself to maybe one of these tonight simply because it is a 10%er and a 16-ounce can. Bro, so really, if you drink two of them, that's the equivalent of... Ooh, math is one, hard. One, two, three, four. It's probably the equivalent of about a f- five or six beers. If you drink two cans, if you think about it, fine. You know, like a regular Bud Light's four point two or something like that. <laughs> you got somewhere to so, be tomorrow, bud. Uh, yeah, I have a date tomorrow morning. I have a date. I love with the prettiest I love how girl in town. I the have only a date. thing I heard. The only what? thing I heard during that silence was my clock just ticking. It was more <laughs> insulting than crickets. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Let us that, draw the curtain of charity on the rest that, of this that, scene. That date, I'll have you know, is with a lovely website that I will not give you the name of. 
Sublime Directory. <laughs> I'm going to date myself again. Sublime Directory, circa 2002. Oh, Christ. All right, James. Uh, Yeah, dude. What's up? I'm just That's what we're drinking. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. All right, James. Um, so I, I was going into this news section thinking that, holy shit, nobody died this week. And then it dawned on me that right before true. we started, that ain't true. That ain't true. And uh, the one that I missed was a tiny one. But not really. That was just my poor attempt at a joke of a guy that died. God, I hate myself. <laughs> oh, distasteful. Um, wow. Very distasteful, yes. Uh, anyway, though, uh, rest in peace this week uh, to Tiny Lister. Uh, Tiny Lister, you might not know him by name, but you probably would know him if you saw him. Um, he uh, he passed away at the age of 62 uh, he, uh, on December 10th, so God, two he was days only ago. 62 years old? 62, yeah. Wow. I'm not seeing here... Um, uh, it says that uh, his death has not been determined yet. Uh, he did ex- begin experiencing COVID symptoms uh, about a week ago again. He was Man. diagnosed with COVID earlier in the year and overcame it, and then he was exhibiting symptoms again about a week ago. It doesn't say that he was ever tested again, though, so I mean, who knows, but that fucking sucks. God, yeah. this... Get it, get the vaccine, people. Please. Well, <clears throat> please, please, hi- please get the vaccine. It's highly unlikely that it was COVID a second time. You've, I've heard stories of it. I know it's rare. It's you, hyper rare. Do you know how many people have been actually documented as having ha- having I, COVID twice? I've heard a couple of stories about people that have tested positive twice. Now, granted, in the in the age of false <clears throat> positives and everything else, I mean, who knows? But um, I need I need to I need to double check this. But as far as I know, uh, as far as CDC numbers go, the actual number of people who have been diagnosed twice with COVID mm-hmm. in the entire world is four. I four people would like to say that's more than that. That being <clears throat> that being said, we're not here to argue that. But um, no, anyway, I'm, I'm not here. To, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to argue. I'm just saying it's 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 probably pretty pretty unlikely that he had it twice. Well, hopefully not. <clears throat> hopefully not. Maybe it could have just. just like, I mean, it could have been, been flu, could've flu could've or been, something. Yeah, could have I mean, been something else. Yeah, sure. flu is incredibly um, deadly too. So. I know him best as the president in The Fifth Element. That's <laughs> yeah. that's where I know him best from. Uh-huh. Um, but he's been in an ag- absolute metric fuck ton of movies over mm-hmm. the years. That's a real real um, measure of of things. Just so you know. Um, oh yeah. Beverly Hills Cop Two, Prison, Universal Soldier, Dracula Three Thousand, Austin Powers, and Goldmember, Wishmaster Two, Evil Never Dies, Little Nicky, um, The Human Centipede Three, uh, and just like I said, an absolute ton of other stuff. Uh, so you will be missed, sir. Uh, rest in peace to Tiny Lister. Tommy, it's Tommy Tiny Lister, right? His real name is Tom. Yeah, Tom. Yeah. By Tom, uh, Tiny Lister. Tiny. Yeah. Um. Um, okay, let's see here. Moving on. Uh, HBO was already making plans to reboot their uh, their series True Blood, which only went off the air about six years ago. Uh, the original show had a stacked cast featuring Anna Paquin, Alexander Skarsgård, Deborah Ann Wool, who would go on to star in the um, uh, Daredevil series on Netflix, uh, and then Ryan Quantin. Mm-hmm. We've done a bunch of uh, Ryan Quantin movies. Uh, mm-hmm. So the uh, the reboot uh, is being helmed by showrunner Roberto Aguar Sacasa, uh, who is the same guy that does the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. 
a show that okay. my the inner 16-year-old girl in me loves. Absolutely <laughs> loves. Um, so you know what? I haven't watched I'll, it. It's a, I haven't watched it, but it's it's actually pretty dark, isn't it? It is. No, it is. It's it's a really weird mix of of adult and like teenager drama. Like it's weird. Like it's a yeah. It's made for both, and it actually works well. Mm-hmm. Not many I can, sh- I can actually prob- say they do. I should that probably well. watch it. Yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah. The last season is going to be starting here on December twenty fourth or something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, though, so uh, so that's cool. I mean, the original True Blood was the first two seasons of True Blood were great. I kind of fell off after that because it just got kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. But um, you know what? If uh, the same people that did Sabrina are doing it, I have I have uh, faith. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, COVID has been continuing to keep the world at a crawl, but some people refuse to let the world stop them. James, we call them anti-maskers. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, one of those people is Neil Bloomcamp. Uh, Neil Bloomcamp. Uh, <laughs> Neil Bloomcamp is an anti-masker. No, 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 no. He that's just, what he I'm just, getting from what you're saying. Let, that's not what I said, James. Don't let, quote me on let that. Let it be known. <laughs> you hear? You heard it here first that Neil Bloomcamp is an anti-masker. <laughs> no, he is not in that camp. He's in the Bloom Camp. Okay. Um, it was announced this week that over the summer, Bloom Camp filmed a secret feature-length movie. Ooh. Uh, apparently, he filmed it in British Columbia, and it was uh, called Plandemic. <laughs> Plan Plan District Nine. Um, Bloomcamp filmed the, uh, the filmed the movie in uh, in secret in British Columbia. No plot or details have been given, other than it is sci-fi uh, with a lot of effects and all that kind of stuff. And if you're a fan of Bloomcamp's work, uh, which I'm actually watching District District Nine on the tube right now. Well, you sly um, son of a bitch. I know, right? It's almost mm. like I knew it was coming. Um, <laughs> Yeah, if you're a fan of his work, though, you know what to expect. You know, between this, Chappie, Elysium, all those shorts he's doing with uh, his company right now. Like, there's so many of them. Yeah. We're covering them for a little bit on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's he, His style is so fiercely, like, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Nostalgic? No, no. <laughs> his style is so incredibly his. You know, like, they, nobody else does it like him. It's um, very much his own. I only um, said nostalgic because I've I'm ever since you said chappy, I've been sitting here thinking about uh um <laughs> why can't uh short circuit. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, it's it essentially was, what chappy That's essentially was, what chappy yeah. is. It was like a, a modern day short circuit. Short circuit starring <laughs> Die Antwoord. <laughs> Just still the weirdest casting choices I think I've ever seen. It totally worked though. Mm. <laughs> that's debatable. That's debatable. Um, anyway, though, so we can expect that uh, sometime soon here, probably in the next year, so that's exciting. Right on. Uh, one project that we did kind of, sort of, maybe a little bit know that was coming has finally gotten the official green light this week uh, during that same massive uh, Disney uh, presser that we were talking about in in the pre-show, James. You know, before the, before the real show. Ooh, before the curtain came up. That's what we should call it. Four years in, we're finally <laughs> calling it something. The pre-show. <laughs> oh, I like before the curtain comes up better. Okay, that's fine. Sorry, um, my they did keeps officially announce. They did officially announce Hocus Pocus two, which is which is exciting. Uh, the sequel, not a remake, but it will be a sequel. It sounds uh-huh. like yeah. um, was written by Den, uh, Jen D'Angelo, who wrote uh, a lot for Workaholics. So 
She's got good comedy chops. We know I that. Do, I do like workaholics. Um, now, there's no official word on recurring characters like Sanderson <clears throat> sisters and whatnot. Uh, however, given that they're all very vocal about wanting to do it, mm-hmm. and given that they just did that big Hocus Pocus reunion, you know, and, and all that over Halloween, I would have to imagine that even if they're not in a big capacity, they're going to be in the story. Yeah. I would I, I would have to imagine so. I will uh, keep my fingers crossed for that, but that's that's good news. Uh speaking of Disney, another show that was announced this past week is that Alien, yes, that Alien is set to be streaming uh is set to get a, a show, a series that will be streaming on FX for Hulu uh on the Hulu streaming service, which is yeah. a bit strange given that Hulu is a direct competitor of Disney Plus. But me and you were talking a little bit before the show today. Yeah. Uh, in the pre-show, and um, or the pre-pre-show, as it would be, uh, <laughs> and it's like maybe they want to separate. They want to keep Disney Plus more family-friendly and not have more of the adult stuff on yeah, it. Yeah, I'm guessing so they probably don't of... want an alien series on, you yeah. know, on Disney Plus where a where a child might happen upon it and see, sure, you know, see a xenomorph ripping somebody's face off or something like that. Well, I'm in. We made it through Teletubbies. How much different is it? <laughs> it's true. That's really, really <laughs> true. Terrifying things in the oh, world. Oh, <laughs> God. Um, anyway, though, not many details, again, for this one have really emerged outside of note uh, that the series will reportedly take place on Earth, not in space, which is an interesting twist. Welcome and that to Ridley Earth. Scott it better be in... called Alien Welcome to Earth. Otherwise, I'm not watching it. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a bit confusing on the uh, franchise level. <laughs> Um, also Ridley Scott is apparently in talks to come on board as an executive producer, which would be wise if he wants to work his way back into doing another film in the future, you know, work with Mm -hmm. the people that own your, your stories you want to tell. Yeah. Otherwise you're never going to make that third prequel film that you wanted to make. So hopefully that comes to fruition. Um, let's see here. Uh, the Del Toro produced Antlers was one of the, uh, one of next year's most anticipated movies, at least we were looking forward to. It looks so uh, cool. Coming out. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be coming out uh, February 19th. <clears> However, <throat> it appears we're going to have to wait a little bit longer because it was pulled from the slate and no new date has been given. So as of right now, uh, Antlers is postponed indefinitely for release. I'm sure we will I get like, another date relatively soon, but... I'd like know. to go on record as just saying, bullshit. This could be the new New Mutants, in all fairness. <laughs> you know, we yeah. have. I don't know if there's a, quite as much hype for antlers, but we have a new we have a new um, uh, uh, look ahead show coming up first of the year here in a couple of weeks. And I swear to God, we're going to be talking about the New Mutants again <laughs> somehow, some way. It's, it's going to be happening. <laughs> it's already been released allegedly in drive-in theaters and is already allegedly available on VOD. But I don't buy it. Until either I see it, the, I don't buy it. I'm sorry. Either that so or we're the probably Blu-ray's still going to talk about it on our... Or the Blu-ray is going to get postponed or something. Like, something's going to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, dude, there's no way <laughs> that sh- it can. They should just do it on that's principle, just their, right? <laughs> yeah, that's their that's their thing now. <laughs> like, oh, it turns out this isn't going to be available until 2027. <laughs> <laughs> By then, it's going to be called the, the New Mutants. The old mutants. <laughs> that's the that's the that's the new uh, catch catchphrase. It's gonna be on the bottom. <laughs> oh, uh, hey James. Hey yeah, James. bud. Um, I have a question for you. Yes. What um, what's already been previously announced for Blu-ray? <laughs> Allow me to go back. <laughs> Let me take you back to 2017. 
and then catch you up from 2017 to the present. But what this about is, everything before 2017? This is going to take a while, so just hold on to your butts. No, there's no new blues this week, so, you really? know. Absolutely none, huh? I didn't see any. In fairness, this I'm week I'm sure there's was probably the, something, but, you know, I don't this w- I don't take this very seriously, so. I'm sure that... <laughs> <laughs> there was a peek behind the curtain. Um, no, apparently, uh, this week, not even apparently, this week was the Video Game Awards, which was the big video game, yeah. you know, thing it's like next to e3 you look at all the news all the news sources and it's all video game news yeah so Um, which which, don't get me wrong some of it is very exciting and i'm assuming you're probably going to talk about some of it i don't know what you're talking about what (laughs) whoa okay so the the video game awards took place this week uh as with everything it was a weird (laughs) digital affair but they did it really well they did a really really good job at uh at doing it still yeah um and one of the things about halfway through the show you know you got the sign on the screen because i watched the entire thing today um and how long was it uh it's about three hours oh shit i think give or take Cool. Something like that, yeah. Did um, you get drunk while you're I'm going? not as huge. Well, no, it was in the middle of the day, James, okay? I have, res- <laughs> like you're I have responsibilities, like, like you're raising like- your child and celebrating your child's birthday. Like you're above getting drunk in the middle of the day, even while watching my children. Okay, Mr. Provider, who had to make your son's birthday cake? Yeah. That's yeah, actually gef- a good point. Gefilte fish. It's a really good point. Mike fish. Mike did <laughs> my son was very very specific about what he wanted on his cake and it was three characters from Chuggington three characters from Thomas as well as an ambulance and a fire truck uh, that's madness but Mike made it happen for this us this is madness <laughs> <laughs> not only did Mike make it happen for us but a huge shout out to the people at Kroger I'm sorry if you <laughs> I'm sorry if you get fired for me saying this, because maybe one of the six people who listen to us is a Kroger executive. I don't know, but I went in. I took, I took the picture to Kroger, and they have a scanner where they can scan it and then print it out on like an edible thing and put it on the cake, right? Ooh, can they make edible panties? Probably, yeah. I know. I'll if, put that if, same design. If you don't, if you don't know where to get edible, if you don't know where to get edible panties, just ask fucking Brian. He can tell you where to get them. <laughs> I think the Thomas the Train edible panting line would be would be oh, would be pretty good though. Um, but I took it. I took that picture to Kroger. And Mr. for the Mr. For conductor the, on the ass is a huge, the huge George Carlin face. It's not Mr. Oh, <laughs> well, you can you can do you can go you can go George Carlin, Alec Baldwin, or Ringo Starr. All three of them. You have your choice. Right over the ass. <laughs> right over the ass. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Um, I took that picture. Yeah, this is weird. We're blending this together with something about my son, but um. I took that picture into Kroger and they looked at it and like both of them looked at each other and they're like, yeah, we, we can't do this. And I go, I, why? They go, it's like, like licensing issues. And I go, I've brought basically this same picture in here for the past five years and you guys have put it on the cake for me. I was being, I was being nice. I wasn't like, I wasn't being snarky or anything. I said, oh, really? You guys, I mean, you guys did it last year and I did it the year before that. And, uh, They're like, oh yeah, it's licensing issues, and and uh, they're like, we have Thomas cakes in the book if you want to pick out a Thomas cake. And I go, what's what's the difference? Then? I go, 
my my son is autistic and he's very specific about what he wants in in certain aspects of his life and he's been mm-hmm. talking about having a cake with these seven things on it for like a month and they look at each other and these are the two I've dealt with these two people at the bakery before these are I would love to be friends with these people they are two of the nicest people I've ever met in my life and they look oh, at each other. James, they're serving the public. They have to be. I'm sure behind closed doors, they're no, fucking no, wretched. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I know for a fact that these two people are so pleasant all the time. Oh, so you stalk and, them. Yeah. <laughs> and they look at each other and they go, you know what? We can we can do that. And the guy looks at me and he, and he, goes, he, goes, he goes, you know what? If they want to send me home, if they want to get me in trouble... I don't care. I'll take a few extra vacation days. I got him coming to me anyway. <laughs> like, oh, thank you so much. And he's like, ah, ah, don't even mention it. Don't even like just such pleasant people. And I was like, did Fuck. his accent suddenly change in the middle of it? Probably, dude. It's like it's like yeah, I'll take a couple extra days. Ah, don't even mention don't it. Even yeah, mention. you're fine. You're, <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. He suddenly don't even really you're fine. He suddenly just smoked down seven packs of cigarettes in the matter of five seconds. Don't even fuck it's. Don't, don't even, even think mention about it. it. It's my pleasure to do it. I'm a to Thomas the Train. <laughs> I'm the cake. Your son's gonna be very happy. They send me home for a few days. You know, worst case scenario is I can't buy a pack of Marlboros for like a week. But hey, the internet can bring me Marlboros, so it's totally fine. But uh, just huge shout out to, and also. Fucking A if Kroger doesn't make the best cakes around. Dude. Oh, they, they do. They really do. I mean, I'm all about... I like shopping small businesses, and there's a lot of bakeries around these parts that are really fucking good at making cakes, yeah. but Kroger's got it locked in. Well, yeah, you know what they add with to that their... whip With that whippy frosting? So it's good. It's not the frosting. It's the actual cake. You know what they put in it? What? And I actually, I actually know this because I've, I've talked <laughs> to you. I thought you were going to bullshit me. No, 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 no. I really do. You know what they put in the cakes that make them... It's like the, the perfect spongy consistency. What is it? Meth. <laughs> Who knew? And this is and this is this is from like I believe you right now. I believe you. I do. It's it's good cake. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm sorry for completely going off on no. A you, side. you gave me you gave me another piece of extra news. If you didn't know, Kroger just this this just in <laughs> Kroger makes the best cakes. <laughs> this this just in somebody listening to this is a Kroger exec and just fired those two people. And we got a sponsorship. It, you know what? It works out for everyone. <laughs> and, and now I have to pay alimony in the form of Marlboro cigarettes to this man <laughs> for the next 20 years. <laughs> um, I don't get the sense. Which leads back that... into the Game Awards. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Here's the thing. Um, so, okay, middle of the show, right? You get the screen that pops up. Going right back to it. The screen pops up. World premiere, right? World, and, world and then premiere. the video starts. The yeah. video starts, and you're in the woods, and you're traveling through the woods at a very low, low perspective, and 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 it sinks into me, and I go, no, 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 and the camera winds around a little bit. I'm like, no, no, and then it comes up on a structure. I'm like, no, no, that structure is a cabin. I'm like, no, don't yes. you, don't don't you play with my heart like this. And then who busts out the door? Ashley motherfucking J. Williams, bitch. The, ki- the king. The chin. <laughs> Here's the thing. There no. is a new Evil Dead video game Fuck. that was world premiere announced, the Video Game Awards. And and let's be completely fair, we knew this was coming. Bruce Campbell has been talking about how he's been 
doing voices for a video game mm-hmm. for the last six months. We knew there was a game coming. Um, yeah. But it and now they know so that we're good, coming. Though. Like, <laughs> um, oh god, that's an actual sound that I make. Um, that's like the game looks so good though. Like one of the yeah. things I didn't expect is that they're pulling characters from every single incarnation. That's awesome. You had you had the knights from uh, from Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. Yeah. You had uh, uh, Kelly from the series from mm-hmm. Ash vs Evil Dead. Um, uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. I can't <laughs> think of his name because I'm so excited right now. Whatever. <laughs> The guy, the guy from the Evil Dead, the other friend that was there. No, um, hold on, wait, hold on. This is your favorite franchise in the entire I know. world. Please tell me. I know, me his and his name. name is escaping me right now. I'm sorry. Michael. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We'll we'll call him. We'll call him RJ for the time being. <laughs> <laughs> RJ, you picked good old Rin job. Um, you picked the <laughs> the name that is the furthest from his actual name. Ah, <laughs> oh, boy. Scott, you fucking Scott, asshole. Thank you, Scotty. Yes. Um, you know, he's in it though, and it's old school Bruce Campbell. It's like Evil Dead, like era one Bruce yeah, Campbell, too. Yeah. Which was fantastic. And they showed actual gameplay footage, and it looks fucking nuts. The only thing that 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 scares me a little bit about it is that I really hope that they're not going the Friday the 13th route and doing a strictly <clears throat> online multiplayer okay. type game. Yeah. I was that worries I was, me a little bit. I was so I I came up I came upon this trailer and I watched it I was just as excited as you and then I started reading comments and I saw people just saying please 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 release a story mode and I go oh fuck like and and then that's when exactly what you just said the Friday the 13th game jumped into my mind and I go ah oh, I hope it's not all just multiplayer uh yeah the the gameplay um, that they showed in the trailer looks a lot like it does. That. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm gonna keep my fingers crossed that it's not all that. Um, even still, I'll still probably play it. You know, I'll, you I'll, would, I'll you pay would, for a couple of months of online just to kind of experience it. But you would think though, because think about this. Bruce said he was doing voiceovers for six months, right? Yeah, I mean, it takes a long time to do those games. So yeah, but how many? How many? How many cut screens? Do, how many cut screens and how many? Um, it's a good like point. how much voiceover work would you need to do in order to do a strictly multiplayer game? That's a very very good point. If he it's was doing if he was doing voiceovers for that long, I have to imagine there's some sort of campaign. Plus the three games that came before it were all single player games. Right. The the original one, uh, the Evil Dead: Hail to the King. I'm not a big fan of that game. It's uh, it's set up very much like the original Resident Evil, which, as much as I love the concept of both games, mm-hmm. that that um, the execution that, was not well. It was it was that control style where you have to like kind of spin and rotate to move forward. Yeah, yeah. I just never my brain never understood that way of controlling it. Yeah, and I could never play those games. It's too robotic. So I've never yeah I've never made it through that first Evil Dead game because I just can't the control just bugs the hell out of me. I was I've um, never played it, but it, there was a lot of people in the comment section talking about that game, and I got the sense that a lot of people don't like. It, yeah, it, is it the first two Evil Dead games that came out that people don't no, like? No, it was just the first, just one, the first like one. The second game was uh, Evil Dead: uh, Hail to the King, which is bloody fantastic it's so good it's yeah. my favorite evil dead game and then after that came regeneration where ash has a little like midget half demon sidekick <laughs> guy that's hysterical <laughs> and it's awesome it's a great game yeah. um so those two games are, are fantastic and i'm just hoping that this new one has a single player that i can sink my teeth into and yes yeah for sure yeah. really really hoping for that 
But um, anyway, <laughs> I need to buy. I need to buy a new generation console. By the way, sorry. Oh, you can get anyway, a PS2 just... for pretty cheap. <laughs> I have a PS2, bro. It's <laughs> well. I actually was talking to my brother just the other day. I'm I'm pretty confident that within the next month I will be dropping like the probably close to 600 bucks on an Xbox Series X. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, cause I want to get a 4K player, right? I haven't just because they're expensive and I just haven't had the cash. But sure, like, yeah. If I'm going to spend $250 on a 4K player, mm-hmm. I might as well spend the $500 on an Xbox Series X. You know what I'm saying? Like, Most definitely. Because that's going to yeah. take over all the rest of everything that I use in my entertainment center anyway. Yep. So, fucking expensive though, man. Just do this it, This podcast man. doesn't pay the bills, James. All right. So, what you're saying is for my for my Christmas present to you, you would prefer cash. As opposed to what I was no, going to get. buy you. me an Xbox Series X. Oh, okay. And if not that, I'm never making a birthday cake for your son ever again. I'm I'm going to do it. son of a bitch. I'm going to do it now. You do realize that, right? I'm going to do it. That's fine. When, I mean, I got the Cheddar Bay Biscuits. I might as well go big or go home, right? I was going to say, when have I never come, when have, when have I never come through <laughs> on a joke promise? Well, you've told me that I could roll your wife a couple times. She's waiting, dude. <laughs> this is, it's on you. <laughs> She's not gonna make the first move. I have a shy dick, all right? Come on. <laughs> well, that's your that's your problem, man. Can we move on, please? <laughs> uh no, let's talk about your dick more. <laughs> and my wife. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, let's move uh, on. So uh is that it for the news? That's it. That's all we okay. got. Okay. Well, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, pour another brewski, and when we get back, we're going to talk about Ghostbusters. Yeah. We're going to answer that call. We're not going to answer the call. We're going to answer the question, does this movie suck or not? Because here's, you know what? Let's save it. Let's save it. Yeah. Come back to me in like 30 seconds. I'll have it. Throughout this, they'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. All right, James. Um, you know what? I don't got it. I said that I did. I don't. I don't got nothing. I don't. I knew I don't you know did. I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about either. <laughs> um, but what we are talking about is Ghostbusters. Answer the call, James. Yeah. Yeah. And how are we feeling? It's uh, this is a movie that had a lot of it had a lot of controversy when it came out. It was not well liked amongst Ghostbusters fans, <clears throat> and one of the main reasons was the gender swap. And we on this show, we were very critical of it as well. Not because we are anti-gender swapping things or not because we are anti-women or anything like that. It has nothing to do with it. No, not at all. It just didn't feel like it was necessary for this franchise to go through that process, right? It makes sense to gender swap characters at times and this and that, and that's totally fine. There's no issues with it. It just, it felt like when they first announced it, it almost felt like they were pandering to the, uh, to like, to like, the the social norms of the day, right? It was like it was like Hollywood had to follow these rules to do stuff, otherwise their movies weren't going to get made. 
like yeah, almost what like, it felt like. Like you have to empower, like we have to empower women in every single way that we can. Which we're all about which doing. Which is fine. I'm all yes. about like, yeah. like, like you said, I have no problem with a gender swap. No, I really neither do don't. I. Like I, I'm listening, right now I'm listening to uh, The Stand by yeah. Stephen King, right? I know for a fact that in the up in the upcoming uh, miniseries or whatever up you want to call up kinging <laughs> in the upcoming miniseries that's releasing that's being released soon, uh, several of the the roles in the book are gender swapped. Sure, I have I have no problem with that whatsoever. Not that's at fine. all. That's the fine. Thing with the, as, the long, thing with as long as long as the. Sorry, go on. I, oh, cu- yeah. I cut you off. I apologize. But but like you said, it's it's I I've got no problem with gender swapping. Don't care at all. But when it gets to a point where it seems like you're doing it just to make it into a thing, it it's it's not even like it's not it's not offensive to my male sensibilities or anything like that. It's no. more so like it comes across as sort of sort of like cheesy Cheap. and forced. Yeah. Yeah, you know it, what I mean. It's I I agree hundred percent. It was almost like um like they didn't need to do it, but like if this movie very much in the beginning felt like this was the studios forcing it upon it. You know what I'm saying? It felt it felt very placed, if that makes sense. You yeah. know, um and and that was the big problem that it wasn't just us. A lot of people had an issue with this movie when it was coming out because it just didn't make sense that it needed to happen. Like it didn't feel organic. It didn't feel like it needed to happen, and quite frankly, it it didn't feel right to a certain degree. I mostly, and I think it had a lot to do with the sense of tone too. The comedic, they're both comedies. Well, I'll, the I'll, comedic tone. I'll say this in defense of this movie, though, uh, being that it's a Paul Feig movie, it's it's not it's not terribly uh, uncommon in a Paul Feig movie to have a completely female centralized cast. You know, agreed. Agreed, hundred percent. I just wonder if, I just wondered if, at least putting myself in the position that I was in back then, right? Yeah. I, I looked at it and I go, why does this particular franchise need to be Paul Feigized? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. I did, I just didn't think that the two of them mesh. Like, uh, there's a lot of other things that would have meshed better. I thought, right? And I, I think getting back to what you were just saying, it's not even that it was like Paul Feig and the fact that he likes to have female centric casts and stuff. It's the the overall tone, the overall comedic tone compared yeah. to like a like you know the original uh, it's a very right, different the original Reitman movie compared to a Paul Feig movie, which is more of a I wouldn't necessarily say like Paul Feig is like uh it's not it's not, it's not like it's not slapstick, but it's like the two, the two it's movies, definitely more like a goofy. Yeah, you know the what two I mean? movies are in the same league, but they play very different styles. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. like they're both comedies. They're both they they both they they hit the same bases if we're talking in baseball terms here, right? They all run the same bases, but they play very different styles. Yeah. And I think that um and it's not necessarily a detriment to anything. It's just it is what it is. Yeah. Um so that's how we felt four years ago when this movie came out. Four years later, it is twenty twenty now. We've lived with this movie for a little bit. Uh we watched the extended cut which is about mm-hmm. 20 minutes or so of extra footage that was cut 20, back 23 in. minutes, yeah, something like that. Um, going back to it now, like I had seen this about a year ago, and I had my thoughts on it then. I watched it again for the second time this past week. Um, 
I want to know what your thoughts were before I give mine. I want to know what your thoughts were because you were the newbie to the, to the film. I already had sort of preconceived things going into it. So I want to know what you felt as a first time watch now, four years later. What did you think of Paul Feig's Ghostbusters 2016? This could take a while. <laughs> give me, give me the, give me the, the rum. The... I'm going to give you the, the two sentence rundown. All right. That's it. Um, I'm not, I'm not bummed out about the, the gender swap, even though like we, we talked about it feeling gimmicky and feeling pandering. I'm not bummed out about it. Uh, Agreed. This cast of female comedians is strong. Uh-huh. Um, even though I've in the past had my, uh, Reservations. my, my own feelings about some of them, which I'll get into later, but this uh-huh. is a quick rundown. This movie, I'm going to expound upon this more, so I'm just going to say this bluntly. This movie is, it, it, it's unnecessary, but entertaining. Uh, I actually not, think it's a very and, fair and, way of putting it. And not a great movie, but still fun. Yeah, I, I think that we are, we're in agreement. Um, <clears throat> when I, so when I first rewatched it, I really thought that, I'm like, okay, I went into this movie thinking that I was going to absolutely hate everything about it, right? Yeah. And when the movie ended, I kind of realized, wow, I actually kind of liked it. I'm a fucking dick. <laughs> I actually kind of liked it. No, like there's there's enough there's enough redeeming about it. This movie is not without its faults by any stretch of the imagination. Big faults. But Big faults. at the end of the day, though, when you when you look at all the different parts, even the ones that you didn't like, the ones that you did like, you put them all together in a big ball. Yeah, it's not a bad movie. It's really, really not. I think that it it well, suffered for being what it was. It literally suffers for being a Ghostbusters movie. If this yeah. was not a Ghostbusters movie and this was some other female led supernatural movie, this I was, think that this would have well, fared so much better. Well, at its heart, it was a Paul Feig movie. Yes. Which yeah. I like Paul Feig movies. So do I. Like Bridesmaid's Bridesmaids, amazing Bridesmaids spy. is fucking hilarious, dude. Also, Melissa McCarthy is his go-to. Like, his absolute go-to. She's been in three or four of his mainstream movies at this point. And Kristen Wiig, too, right? I think she's been in a couple, yeah. Um, This is a... It, it's 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 definitely... It's a Paul Feig movie. Like, the, yeah. the, uh, the overall sense of humor... That's, if a Paul that's Feig present movie, throughout this entire movie, like if the a Paul writing. Feig movie dressed up as a Ghostbuster for Halloween, this is what the movie. <laughs> yeah. like this is this is the movie. <laughs> yeah, and that's not to downplay. That's not to downplay how they handled themselves as Ghostbusters. Yeah, like I feel like in certain respects they did justice to the original franchise. I agree. Um, I think just tonally is where I had the biggest issue with it. Like the I, original, the original Ghostbusters movies were more like I viewed them more as even though you had some of the most like elite comedians in 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 the entire business playing these roles, they yeah. played them more deadpan, you know, more mm-hmm. more dry. Mm-hmm. And the original Ghostbusters movies felt more to me like, uh. I don't want to say serious. That's not a that's not a good way to put it. They were more but like, normal. Uh, ton- they, were, they were they were more yeah, to- tonally they were more like I guess sort of based in reality as, yeah, as silly yeah. as that seems. They felt like real people with overtones of the kind of comedy that like a person who you know in real life would inject into their real into sure. their real life. Sure. Not not like not Hollywood humor. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
like like my dad like i'm i'm just gonna throw this name out because it's one of my dad's buddies who i think is super hilarious but it's like knowing a guy like tim in real life who is a serious guy but very funny all the time right or like my uncle frog serious dude lives a serious life but he's also the type of guy who sees the humor and everything so plays that up in his real life Mm -hmm. as opposed to obviously pre-written canned humor and I, I, pre-written is probably the the wrong because I know that I know that these women in this movie do a lot of ad libbing and stuff like that. Oh yeah, there's a ton of ad libbing. But movie. The, it's just two different styles of comedy. Like one is dry, one is dry and deadpan on top of sort of uh, on top of uh, on top of sort of like <laughs> semi-serious subject matter, and then you have Paul Feig type humor. I think which is. I th- which is I, kind of a humor all of it all on its own, but it's it's very like it's very Hollywood humor. You know what I, I mean? I think that what you're get, I think I think that what you're getting at is that uh, the original <laughs> Ghostbusters was very much it was humor that was set in reality, where in this one it was humor that was written to be in reality. If that makes sense. That is a very short and more uh, <laughs> more accurate way of. Saying yeah, like what I just the, said for the past felt, ten minutes. Yeah, this movie felt written, whereas the original felt natural. It's as simple right. as that. It's right. not necessarily a detriment because a lot of comedies feel written and they're still very funny, and we all right. love them. Yeah, it's just it's just it was a little bit more transparent in this one. It was That's just all. jarring because yeah. you go into it like we're obviously huge fans of the original Ghostbusters franchise, and and then like to have this style of comedy injected into that just yeah, felt really Yeah, it, it's a bit jarring. I agree. Out of place. Um, um so if you're not caught up here though, uh just real quick before we get into it. Ghostbusters Answer to the Call, a real title, was from 2016, directed by Paul Feig, who did Bridesmaids, um The Heat, Spy. He also directed episodes of Freaks and Geeks, Arrested Development, The Office, 30 Rock, Parks and Rec. Like this guy if from from that generalized, uh, not even generalized, from that extensive library of things he's directed, you kind of know his style. It's yeah. dry humor. It's it's laugh when it's inappropriate type of humor. But that's kind of what he does. It's dry, um, but it's dry, but still outrageous. Oh sure, if that sure, makes sure. any sense. But you know. but 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 it all kind of lands in a weird place. That's all. Yeah, that's, you know, at least his earlier stuff. Um, following following a ghost invasion of Manhattan, paranormal enthusiasts Aaron Gilbert and Abby Yates nuclear nuclear did it right nuclear <laughs> nuclear. Just call me George W. Uh, <laughs> nuclear engineer Jillian Holtzman and subway worker Patty Tolman band together to stop an otherworldly threat. So you're you're Ghostbusters this time around. You have Kristen Wiig uh, playing, uh, I would say, the co-lead. The babe. The, the co- co-babe. Uh, she is the co-babe. <laughs> Kristen ba- Wiig's a babe. <laughs> playing she Aaron. She is, I agree. Uh, playing Aaron Gilbert. Uh, then you have Mil- Melissa McCarthy playing the other co-babe. Playing... Abby Gatz. Babe. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then you have Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones playing Jillian Holtzman and Patty Tolan, respectively. Here's the thing about those two. Um, all of this cast is SNL alumni. Yeah. M- Melissa McCarthy was not a cast member, but she had hosted a number of times. Yeah. Um, and she was always great on the show. Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones are all SNL alumni. Mm-hmm. Um, in the case of Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones, they're still on the show. Here's the thing. 
Um, Kate McKinnon and Kate Leslie McKin- Jones. Kate McKinnon is still on SNL. I believe she is. Yeah, that is could she? be a correction okay. for next week. I believe I she is though. I don't watch SNL anymore because it's not good anymore. Oh, well, you know, I, <laughs> I can't help you with that. Um, the two of them, though, their characters on SNL were not my favorite. I never found Kate McKinnon's comedy to be funny. I also never found Leslie Jones' comedy to be funny. I, it was just personal preference. Same. Just never really, really did. I actually, I went back, I went back just within the past few days and watched... Uh, old clips of both of them, okay, on SNL, and found myself liking them more than I thought that I did. So here, here's the thing: most of my exposure to Kate, Kate McKinnon has been in recent years, like within the past like two or three years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and or maybe God, it maybe it's been longer than that. It's like back when she was doing her Hillary Clinton thing. I just, yeah, it was hilarious. I, I, like I didn't, I didn't think it was funny. I actually, at all. Thought her Hillary was hilarious. It was the other stuff that I didn't care for. And I'm the opposite. Like I went back and I watched some of her older stuff from when she was new to the cast, and I thought she was fucking hilarious. Um, I, it, it was, it was. I, I just feel like, I feel like in the past few years, SNL's gone down downhill, and I feel like her comedy has suffered because of it, because the material that she's working with is subpar. Um, I um I think for me in and the then case for, of- and then with Leslie Jones like I just I I I always just kind of thought like she's she's she does some ser like some seriously hilarious stuff sometimes but I always I was always just like I was like just because you're yelling something doesn't mean it's funny you know what I mean sure and it, like that's why like I, I'm. this might be sacrilegious for for people who love comedy like that's why i was never a huge sam kinnison fan it was like what do you mean what are you talking about he's just fucking screaming (laughs) he's screaming normal things why is that funny and also why is it because he was the first to do it that's funny and also why is a grown man wearing a beret all the time that's weird (laughs) he looks like the penguin Sam was great he looks like the penguin in a yeah. beret. But he was the first one to do it, which is why he was funny. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm going to say this. I went back within the past probably year or two and revisited Sam Kennison and actually found a new level of respect for his, yeah. a new level of appreciation for his comedy. Yeah. Likewise with L- Leslie Jones. So I, I have gone say- back and I've watched Leslie jo- like I always I I was always just like, "Well, she's not do she's just yelling." And I've gone back and I've actually watched the like the nuance of her comedy, and I've I've gained a new appreciation for her. And I actually really liked her in this movie. I did. Yeah. I liked her a lot in this movie. Yeah, I was gonna say that uh, with the two of them, Kate McKinnon was the one person that going into this, I was really even though I wasn't a big fan of the comedy of both of them. Kate McKinnon was the one that to me was real offensive in this, just not not offensive in her comedy, but just offensive to me. Like I just didn't find her her stuff funny yeah and I, I realized as i was watching this movie and we talked about this a little bit the other day when you start this movie none of the individual characters really seem to land like all of the characters kind of seem a little bit forced that they all seem like a little bit out of place even yeah. within this movie yeah. and it's not until the 
the four of the Ghostbusters get together with the addition of Thor and the addition <laughs> of he will be Thor from here on out. It's as simple as that. Um, with <laughs> with the addition of all, it's not until they all come together as a group though that I feel like they find their stride in this movie because after that happens, the comedy clicks, the yeah. characters click, the story clicks. Like it all actually works after that. And, that's, and it's not I, up until that point though. It starts a bit rough. It's like they're kind of it's almost like they filmed the entire movie in like sequential sequence cuz that's what it is, sequential <laughs> sequence. Um it's almost like they filmed it though sequentially and That's a redundant redundancy. redundancy. <laughs> I think that you're not not no funny. Um the point is, like, well, it's a, not until double, the movie that's comes. That's a double negative. Sh- shut up! With it's poor, not until <laughs> with poor grammar, which is just stupid all around. Yeah, well, your poor grandma is stupid all around. My grandma's dead, man. Well, so her brain doesn't work anymore. That makes sense. <laughs> the other one's still alive, though. But her brain also doesn't work. <laughs> You're making me feel terrible here. Um... <laughs> No, her brain works. It's fine. Her brain works. My point works. is, my point it's is, it's not until strokey. the middle of the movie, though, where everything seems to really kind of finally find its place, right? It's not even really the middle of the movie. I would say, I would say the first, I told you, because uh, we, because we actually got online intending to record our episode last night, and then we decided to wait until tonight, because Mike's had a week, and yeah. also I had to blow up uh, like 800 balloons for my... <laughs> <laughs> I had to blow eight dudes. Um, and so we briefly discussed the movie without really, you know, giving too much of our opinions away. And I said to Mike, I said, if the, if the first, or if, if the, if the, if the, if the second, like, uh, 90 minutes of this movie would have been, oh, wait, my math is bad. If the, if the, <laughs> If the last hour and a half of this movie would have been like the first half hour of this movie, yeah, I probably would have hated it. Because the first yeah. half hour of this movie was kind of dog shit. It was fine. Like its the char- for the sure. char- the characters were there, and the the comedy was kind of there, but a lot of it felt really forced, and a lot of it felt so, uh, like so scripted that because you know, like you know, these are these are women from snl right sure and 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 even if they're not from snl like miss melissa mccarthy she's familiar with doing paul feig movies which he's very comfortable with having his cast like full-on you know just go for it like they just improv right yeah yeah um a lot of this movie was improv too by the way so which which is which is which is evident but like the first half hour of this movie felt so scripted it just felt it it, it yeah. felt so scripted like the jokes just the jokes didn't land for me i was just like oh god they were kind of cringy like they the funny was, thing is i don't so know many of them i was just like oh i don't if know the rest that... of this movie is is going because i i seriously i had my prejudices going into this from back in 2016 when we first started talking about this movie so i sat down and i started watching this movie and i i just kind of i wasn't i wasn't purposely not letting myself enjoy it 
But I literally was not enjoying it for the first probably 15, 20, 25 minutes. And I'm sitting there going, oh, fuck, this is going to be awful. And then I, I finally had my first couple giggles like 25 minutes in. And then after that, I had a lot of pretty good laughs and yeah. and, and I, I and completely changed my opinion of what this movie was. Yeah, it's um, it, the beginning of it, like you said, it just it doesn't come together until the, the the team is the team is assembled they're finally all of their comedic things are kind of bouncing off each other i actually thought leslie jones was funny right off the bat like her character was funny the entire way through because she leslie kind of jones came was in, great in this she I, came I, in she's hilarious after everybody else and yeah. like she fit like a glove into the group there was in the trailer of the movie there were a lot of scenes <laughs> that were played they were they were played up to be a lot of like they touch on the whole like like the sexist things or the racist things or whatever, but done right. in like a in a very comedic kind of way. Oh sure. Or yeah. the, the, the the one that I'm more talking about was where they're at the concert and she goes to stage dive and, and Melissa McCarthy stage dives and she gets carried away by the people and then Leslie Jones state goes to stage dive and everybody splits like the Red <clears> Sea <throat> and she falls to the ground. She's like, I don't know if it's a woman thing or if it's a race thing, but I'm pissed, right? And and it's a really funny scene. But when I remember when I first saw it in the original trailer, I was like, it just didn't it just didn't land. Like the joke did not land for some reason for me. And maybe it's because it was out of context and we didn't see the entire rest of the scene. But it just didn't do what I thought that it should have done until I saw it as part of the full movie. Can I can I address that part real quick? Uh, just because I. I didn't I didn't remember watching the original trailer for this movie going yep. into this week and I didn't rewatch the trailer. I was just like I'm just going to go into this completely blind. I don't remember anything about the trailer. And that joke actually did land for me and, sure. and for for a for a particular reason um because I like the idea that comedy and you hear a lot of you hear a lot of comedians talk about this too. Comedy is like one of the great uh, platforms to tackle super uncomfortable um, social issues, right? Subject matter, yeah. Like sexism, like sure. racism, sure. like ageism, like ableism, stuff like that. And and that joke was so blunt <laughs> <laughs> that like it, it was almost like it was it was a funny joke, but it was also like it was also just like fuck like kicking. Kicking the idea of those fuck two, you people. <laughs> it was like kicking the idea of those two things in the balls so hard. Yeah. Oh like, yeah! Like she literally just goes, "I don't know if this is a, I don't know if this is a black thing or a female thing, but I'm super pissed right now." I thought that was hilarious. I will say this though, because like I said, I love the idea of like comedy is one of the best ways to tackle. Oh yeah, very uncomfortable. Uh, s- social issues. Oh hell yeah! J- and so, like, so I I might have seen that joke in the original trailer. I can't I can't remember watching it like way back then. I might have seen that joke way back then and thought like, oh god, that's a little on the nose. But when I saw it in the movie last night when I watched it, I was like, that's fucking worked, funny, right? Dude. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, totally. I I think that um I think that the the movie itself does a really good job of playing with those those types of themes and doing it 
in a way that isn't annoying in the way that I thought that it was going to be. Like it really, <laughs> like I, I went into this movie expecting to hate it the first time I saw it. And this was probably a good seven months ago when I first yeah. saw it for the first time. Yeah. And I remember going into it thinking, I'm going to fucking hate this movie. Like, and, and I really, <clears throat> like, like, like we said, the beginning of it is a bit rough to watch because the characters just kind of don't come together. Whatever they're finding, what they're finding their footing still. Yeah. yeah. But like I said, the second half of the movie, I actually really found myself enjoying it. You know, this is an episode that's based around, excuse me, based around the whole bad brew idea idea. And a lot of our bad brews, they come out. Yeah. These movies are bad, right? I'm willing to say, and I'll repeat this. I'm sure at the end of the episode, but I'm willing to say that this is a movie that you should give time to. I think that it's a lot better than people gave it credit for. I think that it gets a bad rap because because of what it is and because of people's preconceived notions. But I walked out of this movie, you know, when I walked from my couch to the fridge to get more beer, my walkout, <laughs> I walked out of this movie going, because they did, did you watch the post, not the post credit scene, but the post post credit scene? The Zool one? At the very, yeah, okay. Yeah. So they actually do tempt the idea of Zool, which means they had the idea of doing a sequel which will never happen now because the movie did terrible. I don't think this movie was ever destined for a sequel at this point. Which, I would Which let me let me tell you why that why that part was so good to me too because they set it up for they set it up for another ridiculous fart joke. <laughs> they did. Because because yeah. Leslie Jones is sitting there listening to uh an EVP and she goes, "Oh, this is really weird. This is <laughs> oh, I've never heard anything like this. And she has Kristen Wiig's character come over and you think it's going to be like earlier in the movie where they 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 got her with the the fart joke, right? Yeah. And then she she puts on did did she put on the cans? Or was yes. it right before she put on the cans? And then Leslie Leslie Jones characters go she goes who is Zool? Or have you ever heard of Zool or something? So yeah, like yeah. It, it was they kind of faked you out thinking, oh, that she's gonna pull another fart prank on her, and then she mentioned Zool, like, oh shit, like all of a she, sudden she we're tied into in the yeah. original, the I, original franchise here. I walked out of that though, going, you know what? I'd watch a sequel. That that to me is the definition of me enjoying a movie to where I'm okay and and all in favor of seeing more of this story. Yeah, and and that's what it did to me. I, 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 it worked. It, it worked on me. By the end of the movie, it worked on me. Now, don't get me wrong. There was a lot of bad choices made throughout this movie. I'm not going to say this is a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination. Well, let, but, let me let me say, I, I, I ultimately ended up having the same feelings that you do about the movie. As far as the the um, the ensemble goes. I liked all the characters. I liked all the actors. Like what they did, I thought was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think every gripe that I have about this movie, all the real gripes that I have about this movie, are the actual are the actual ghosts and stuff like that. The yeah. way the oh, ghosts so, look, the ghosts look fucking terrible. So that's a big big point of contention with me as well. Uh, Ghostbusters, the original ones. Um, I remember them mostly because of the way the ghosts looked. They were very, it was back when it was all analog type of effects and all that, you know, it was a very different way of doing special yeah. effects. So it is to be expected that it's going to look different. I, I completely understand that. But the the reason that the original Ghostbusters movies were so, 
I don't even know the word. They were they were so um, effective, perfect, perfect. Yeah. yeah, it was because of the way the effects looked. You know, mm-hmm. like that old analog way of doing effects is mm-hmm. charming in a way that will never be replicated. It just yeah. it just won't. Yeah. You know, so you move into this movie, for example, where most of the ghosts that you see on film um, that are not the quote unquote monster ghosts, right? Mm-hmm. They're actually played by real people. That's the weird thing. Watching the uh, the special features on the disc that I have, they were all played by people. And what they did is they they used this this type of uh, effects lighting, where they literally lined each person that was that was quote unquote playing a ghost. They lined them with these strips of LED lighting all mm-hmm. over their bodies. Mm-hmm. So and and one of the things that you'll notice about the movie like the motion ghosts, capture almost it's or? not motion capture. It's literally lights. Like yeah. their their bodies were glowing even on set. Okay. The idea was to give give off the the idea that even though they're going to replace maybe this character with a CG character, mm-hmm. the lighting that is reflected on the people around them is real, right? Mm. That was the mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. Um the the original the first ghost that you see in the movie when they're going through the mansion and there's that ghost that comes up from the basement and oh, she yeah. she spews all over Kristen, Kristen <laughs> Wiig's character. Yeah. That was a real actor on a uh-huh. real floating cart playing that, but it looks completely fake because of all of the CG they did on top of her. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, like, like Paul Feig talked a lot about how he, like, that type of filmmaking back in the 80s was his favorite type of effects and this and that. He wanted to really, he wanted to really bring the practical effects things back to the forefront and this and that. And I think to myself, like, you did all that work to just cover it up with way 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 too much cg right you know because that's if when you're talking about the ghosts and how you had a problem with the ghosts i think that my biggest complaint about this movie is that stop with the neon lights in this movie yeah everything is bright neon yeah and i and i get that they were going for an example they were going for a specific look mm-hmm. that specific look just wasn't great like it, no. it i'm not gonna say that it didn't fit the movie but I will say that the movie itself had a wrong tone in that respect. Does that make sense? Like, Definitely. Yeah. Like they, I just felt like it, it was too much. It just didn't work. It separated itself probably intentionally, but unfortunately too much from the original to where fans of the original looked at the new one <laughs> and they go, what the fuck is this? You know? Yeah. They I don't know. They didn't find a good medium. Yeah. Like you said, I don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly how to explain why I disliked the look of the ghost so much because when it comes down to it, like on a, on a, just on a, on the level of, um, creating something that looked striking on screen. Yeah. The ghost looked amazing. Sure. But for this particular movie, for what you were going for, because there was there was a lot of there was a lot of instances where you almost felt like um, you almost felt like you were watching an animated movie. A bit sometimes, you know, yeah. like well, you suddenly actually, you suddenly watch it, uh, you suddenly felt like you were watching a DreamWorks movie, and it's it just like f- this is too much. This is too much of an animated feel. Like especially, oh fuck, when when uh when Rowan, uh took the took the the form of the actual Ghostbusters ghost at the end. God, okay. I hated every so fucking second of that. Did you ever dude. watch the real Ghostbusters cartoon show? 
Yeah, I did. And yeah. did you ever watch Ghostbusters the the next generation or whatever the fuck it was called? The the there was a no. name there was a name I, for it. Extreme Ghostbusters. Extreme yeah, no, Ghostbusters. I don't think I ever watched that one. Here's here's what I thought about after watching this movie for for a second time this past week. Mm-hmm. I felt like this movie was a very good live action representation of a combination of the real Ghostbusters cartoon mm-hmm. and the extreme Ghostbusters cartoon. Because <laughs> in never in the original movies did you ever have like winged demons running around, right? It was always like even though the marshmallow man was the biggest big bad of them all, that yeah. was that that was basically being uh 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 taken over by a god, right? It was right. it was in there because the god willed it to live, which is a yeah. completely different idea of ghosts inhabiting things. The idea of the Ghostbusters logo ghost coming to life, I thought was very lame personally. I, I just wish they would have done it. I thought it was lame. No, but then totally. you have all these winged ghosts, and you have well, not there was. I there was just like the the there was the main one, the 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 one that showed up at the the metal show. Oh, that's the one. That's like the big wing. Like that. It yeah. was a fuck. It was a fuck. It was a dragon. Yeah, was, and I was like, never... "Why is this is not a ghost? Why? No, it's it's not. That's not it's, a. It's... Why are we dealing? Like, if anything, it's a demon, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But and why are we dealing? Other... That's not what we're supposed to be dealing with here. By the end of the movie, too, you had a lot of like uh, like humanistic type ghosts, yes, but you also had tons of these flying around things, and you had all these different creatures that were ghosts too. And I remember thinking, I remember watching this one, thinking back to the cartoons that I watched. That was very commonplace in the cartoons from mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. And it almost makes me wonder, did they try to do a live-action version of the cartoons? Because mm-hmm. even like Holtzman's character is very almost is very much like one of the characters you would have seen in Extreme Ghostbusters. And, you know, and there was there was a female character on that show. They, all the extreme Ghostbusters were these new age type people, right? It did she makes have me the wonder, same did she have the same hair? She, By the way, very similar hair to like Egon is what I thought. In the cartoon, though, um, I don't know that her was character like the, was based off the cartoon person, but maybe. it was like that kind of big, like side parted wave. Like well, big Egon's curly wave. character had like a hole in the middle of his hair. If you remember that, like it was a yeah. big comb over thing. I, I, I think that was absolutely what it was supposed to be intended. Yeah. Um. So I think I almost wonder if they they got a lot of inspiration from the cartoon for this movie. To make it more of that, it's the only reason, it's the only way that it makes sense, you know. Otherwise, it's like, what are you doing? You're making, you're, you're turning this this ghost comedy horror movie that was grounded in a lot of reality in terms of what they saw and everything else, right? It was far fetched, but it was still grounded in reality. Right. Whereas you have this new one that is so far out in left field, it's tough to bring it back in i don't i don't know it's it's i don't know what i'm trying to say but i don't know no i i i get what you're saying and i agree like i i just and like i said that was kind of one of my main gripes from the very beginning everything in the original and maybe not ghostbusters 2 ghostbusters 2 got a little more ridiculous but like uh the original ghostbusters it was it felt (laughs) even though there was a lot of comedy it felt grounded in reality. Like you could actually picture these guys going out and investigating paranormal activity yeah. in these places. Whereas this movie 
right from the jump, like, it becomes completely blown out of proportion, like, over the top. The first thing that you see happen is, I don't know his, I don't know the actor's name, but fucking Gabe from The Office. Uh, <laughs> one of the first things that happens is he gets, like, trapped in this basement and the floor opens up into this green... That guy was in the office. Fuck, uh, uh, in the very beginning. Yeah, I don't. I, Gabe. I, yeah, the yeah, guy with. Yeah, the the, the tour guide. That's where he was from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He was. He was. Uh, well, he was hired by Paul Feig because he was the he was the greatest improvisational improvisational actor that Paul Feig knew. Improvisational. Improvisational. Yeah. Am I saying that it really? Wrong? I don't know. I'm drunk, dude. What's I don't, I don't know what's going on. You said something like improvident, improvisational. Yes, Improvisate. He's Paul one of the Feig. greatest improvisational actors that Paul Feig knows. Paul Feig hired him because, in terms of improv, which was a big deal about this movie, he sure. goes, he knew that guy was second to none. Really? Like he, yeah. yeah you'd he, think that he would have given praise. him. High praise. You'd think that he. That you'd think he would have given him a, a bigger role then. Well, you know. He's only in the first 10 <laughs> minutes of the movie. He sets up the whole movie. And that beginning scene, I will say, the whole mansion scene where they're, you know, the, the Lizzie Borden basical character. Yeah, yeah. Basical. Let's make up more words. Basical, the, yeah. The, the Lizzie Borden character. You're, you're doing the, good, man. The woman in the basement where she comes up or whatever. Um, that, was, that was very much the most, it felt the most like the original Ghostbusters movie. In that in that scene, right, like like them going through the the mansion, it very much felt like the the library scene in the original Ghostbusters, and I thought that that scene really yeah. embodied the feel of the movie more than any other scene going forward. Right, because they had opened with this ridiculous scene of him of of uh, I keep wanting to call him Gabe. What the, what the hell's what is his actual name? I don't do we know. know his, doesn't matter. Do we know his real name? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, they opened with something so outrageous that that was actually kind of a breath of fresh air, even 10 minutes into the movie mm-hmm. them. And, and I agree with you totally. It was, it was like the gray lady scene from the original Ghostbusters sure, when they were sure. in the library. Not um, anywhere near as good of effects though. <laughs> saying the library ghost in the original Ghostbusters is second to none. That's what's crazy, of, man. In terms of ghost like, uh, effects. Like, like sometimes less is more, and that's what yeah. that's one of the things that I think this movie suffered from not abiding by that rule. Less is more. This movie was like, because you already had a like, you have a strong cast, and I'll say sure. that now. Like there was, I was not huge fans of a couple of these. There's even times when Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy have been not not that great to me. Like there's been times where I've seen them. But so like you have this cast of women who are all hilarious and they're great at what they do and they should be able to kind of hold up the movie, but you almost kind of downplay their talents by uh, going overboard on the yeah. effects. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, um, so, so much of it just seemed overblown. It really did. Speaking of overblown and overblown characters, one person that we have not mentioned in this entire movie is Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> who who honestly plays the best character in the entire movie? I, I actually feel like he sort of saves this movie when his character comes in, because he's so fucking good. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and not just him as a character, but like their like their interactions, the stuff that they say about yeah. him. His, uh, uh, I, I never I never think of Chris Hemsworth as a comedic actor, but a lot of the stuff that got the most laughs out of me apparently were improv on the time like the idea where he's in the interview and he goes to rub his eyes through the glasses that have no <laughs> obvious lenses that whole thing was improvised that was on him whole thing yeah. uh also the part apparently the part with the telephone he goes answer the phone but it's in the fish tank like that part Dude, made me laugh more I than anything so else. hard at that that was all improv apparently. There was the, like there was the part where he goes to walk away and and they 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 need to talk about something and Kristen Kristen Wiig goes don't listen <laughs> and he goes like this and puts yeah. his hands over his eyes <laughs> and she just goes oh oh he covered his eyes <laughs> he like, he does that he does it also when there's like a siren or something going off and he covers his eyes like he's 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 so dumb he's the most lovable dumb character ever I love it so much um and I I I I. I Chris Kristen Wiggs her interactions with him I thought were hilarious like oh, and yeah. I and there was even some stuff there were a couple things in the gag reel on the Blu-ray that uh made it like there was there was one part in the in the movie where it, it was when he first shows up for his uh shows up for his interview mm-hmm. and she's supposed to be staring at him and then Melissa McCarthy says a line to her and then Kristen Wiig is supposed to respond at that point in time. And you see this part in the gag reel where she's just kind of like, you know, you think she's in character sort of eyeing him up. And then Melissa McCarthy says her line and Kristen Wiig doesn't say her line. And she goes, oh, 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 oh God. She snaps out of it. And she goes, <laughs> I was actually staring at him. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Um, another but person. yeah, I just i i thought he was i thought he was a great addition to the cast. Like, not that he took away from, not that he took away from from them as an ensemble, but his character as sort of the um. I wouldn't say that he took as away sort from of them. the butt. Of, he didn't take away from them as an ensemble. No, his he added no, to their his, yeah, his character yeah. as the butt of their jokes really added to what oh, they were yeah. doing. And yeah, it seemed like it seemed to it. me I didn't watch enough of the making of, but it seemed like a lot of what they said about him was probably improved by the this, the four yeah, women. Yeah, this movie had a lot of improv all over the place. I one of the things I'll say about Paul Feig is that he he loves that and encourages the whole improv idea yeah. of acting, which is great for comedy. Like it, it's always the best to let the people, you know, spread your wings and fly. Uh-huh. Right, let them let, let them do what they're gonna do. It always makes for a better movie. Always. Yeah. Um, another guy that improved a lot that I thought was a highlight of the movie, even though he wasn't in it that much, was uh, Karen Sony, uh, who played Benny, the food delivery driver. <laughs> Dude, I <laughs> so fucking funny. <laughs> he's hilarious. What other? There's another movie in particular that. Oh, he's in uh, in Deadpool. Is he in Deadpool? I think he's you're right. Deadpool, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. And, and he essentially plays the same. He's uh, he's uh, De- Depender in the Deadpool movies, and he's kind of the same character. Like he's he's more integral to the story, I think, in in the Deadpool movies. But he's yeah. he's literally just like he's literally just like uh, he's kind of the same just character. This, just yeah, <laughs> just this kind of just this kind of soft spoken guy who's delivers lines in a way that they shouldn't they shouldn't be funny really 
it's that natural talent that he has. Yeah, it's like you know, like, like every once that, in a while, yeah. you just meet somebody who they could say something that anybody else could say that exact same thing to you, but for some reason, when this dude says it, it's hilarious. Yeah, he's that guy. Yeah, and <laughs> I loved him. I thought that there should have been more of him in the movie. Honestly, I would have. I would have loved it. Yeah, he's uh, he's a great character actor. He does what he does extremely well, and it adds. It, it kind of like frames out the, the character in a sort of in a weird sort of way like like without his character you wouldn't have M- melissa mccarthy's attitude towards him which shapes her character you wouldn't have a lot of the other you know what i'm saying like the like interactions kind of like a, and that's i i actually thought like melissa he's McCar- so important to the story melissa mccarthy i think is is very funny but like her interactions with with him in this movie yep I feel like I don't know if this is accurate or not. I I would need to look into it more, but I feel like almost all of the lines between the two of them were probably improv. It's very possible, and, yeah. And I feel like that's that's some of the times just like complaining about the wonton soup and stuff like that. It's the best that, gag the, throughout the entire movie. That was some of the stuff that I thought was so funny with Melissa McCarthy in this movie. She and finally it's... gets an entire jar of nothing but wontons. <laughs> and she's like, I just I, I just want I just want a decent ratio of wonton to broth. Like I can why can't I just that that plate? I really oh, can dude, totally yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the Chinese places around here. <laughs> Right, no, I, not I, not House of Chan, dude. House of I'm, Chan is dope. Have I been there? House of Chan? Yeah, I don't know that I have. At like 15 in Moravian? So good. Yes, Sorry. you definitely have it. It's so good. I have I have, I have a couple of uh, independent uh, uh, quarrels here. Can I go through them real quickly? Um, No, you're not allowed to have independent oh. thought. Oh, okay. So that's fair. So what do, you, what do you have then? Uh, that's it. I'm done. Oh, okay. So we're going to um, wrap this up and... Uh, <laughs> Fuck you! I'm gonna say it. Um, <laughs> M- Melissa McCarthy's ghost detector, the ones they had in the original movie, right, was yeah. the cool thing. Had the, the antennas that went up and down. It was super cool looking or whatever, right? The ghost detector that Melissa McCarthy had literally just looked like one of those spinning uh, glow necklace things that children get at Frozen on Ice. Fucking yeah, the uh, or you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, what's what's the name of the what's the name of the circus that used to come through? It wasn't Barnum's and Bailey. What was it? I don't know. I don't fucking the, something, know. The something something brothers. No, the something Ringling some, brothers. Ring no. the Ringling brothers. That's oh, it. Dang. It's only a brother circus, dude. Whatever. I don't know what it was, but yeah, I got one yeah. of those. One of those things that spins in the the uh, like you the, can buy them in grocery stores with suckers <laughs> attached to them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like I'm not the only one that saw that and I go, literally, did you buy that at the fucking seven eleven because you didn't have a prop for it? Like <laughs> I no, I almost feel like that was part of the gag though. It was such a it was such a rudimentary so. piece of equipment. I think like, that they oh, thought it spins they were and being, then if there's a ghost nearby it spreads out a little bit. I think that they thought they were being cool. I'm like, oh, this would look really cool because they mm. do this and I nah, I don't think so, dude. I, I think it, it was supposed to look stupid. Difference of opinion. I think they thought that it looked cool and it just wasn't. Yeah, I, I really so. do. I think that was a, a an a grievous oversight. <laughs> I don't think so, dude. Um what else do we got here? Uh the Okay, so I don't know if this was like this in theaters. I don't know if it was like this on every home video release. 
You watched what I watched. The fact that the holdover from doing the 3D transition makes a lot of the effects go on the outside of the letterbox oh, boxes God, dude. was one of the most infuriating things about watching this movie on home video. I think I remember somebody... I didn't did. That, I didn't mentioned that happen when I first Didn't it happen it. in theaters, though? I don't know. I know that I mentioned it probably on this show when I first saw it. Like I said, it was like six, seven months ago. It, and, and watching it a second time would, the, within the past week, it didn't make it any better. Whatever it was, so the movie was letterboxed yep. on the screen. And then every once in a while, actually way too much, the Whenever effects, there was an effect the, scene, basically. the visual effects would come outside of the letterbox, almost seeming like they wanted to create like a depth well, that's like a, the thing. Like a depth effect, like a, a I like a, I actually like think, a oh, like a like a very like um I actually think like that a very janky like three D effect. I think and that's it, where it came from. Oh I God, think that it, it was a holdover terrible, from three D transition to where they try. Like if you were to watch this movie in three D, everything that we saw in two D would be popping out at the screen from you. Yeah, but they thought for some reason that it was a good idea to keep it in oh, the two D presentation. And it was fucking awful. So bad. It's so distracting. It yep. takes away from the movie. Like it's not even just like the, uh, it's not even just the proton packs. They're 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 swervy little proton dicks going out, <laughs> coming out of the screen. It's like you have like slime coming down the screen at some points. You have like ectoplasm coming at you. You have there's characters that literally pop, their heads pop over it at some points. Like it's it's just such a stupid idea. Well, it's like it was like. I like a good breaking of the fourth wall, right? Yeah. Like like Deadpool is a, a great example of that. Deadpool breaks the fourth wall all the time. I love that. I think it's really oh, funny and yeah. cool and effective. This was like a this was like a <laughs> this was like a breaking of the fifth wall. Oh yeah, it was bad. You know what I mean? Terrible. Like there was a we have a whole new dimension of of like a, a wall that exists on another dimension. And we're gonna break it, yeah, because we're edgy. But it it just it did it, it fuck it looked terrible. It was also, awful. Also, things speaking of terrible, I don't think that Paul Feig has ever been to a metal show in his life. Oh, dude, ever <laughs> being that okay? So being that we are ex musicians, right? Yeah. We've been to some metal shows in our life. <laughs> there, nothing about this concert actually came across <laughs> as a real concert. Not the band, not the crowd, not the the song choices, anything that, that fucking singer would be shot and left in a ditch at a metal show. It was so bad. <laughs> Coinc- coincidentally, it reminded me a lot of the video that you showed me last night of Haddonfield. <laughs> Dire- director, Adam yeah. Green's band. I love Adam Green. His band. Not so good. <laughs> So bad. But right though, like that 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 whole entire sequence is like the 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 director of this movie has clearly never been to a metal show oh, dude, to understand was, what that scene's about. It was awful. Ever. It yeah. was awful. Yeah, it was embarrassing actually. Like I actually felt literally embarrassed for him. <laughs> it was just corny. I thought it, it was, was corny. It was, it was extremely corny. Um what wasn't corny is that at the very least they did pay tribute to all of the characters from the original Ghostbusters yeah. in one way or another mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. 
you know, uh, ironically enough, Bill Murray, who was the holdup for doing a Ghostbusters 3 for fucking at least the last decade. Mm-hmm. Right. So I love Bill Murray, but kind of fuck you, Bill Murray, for <laughs> not putting your shit aside to do a movie while Harold Ramis was still alive. Right. And it's ironic that he was the one, he was like that one big fucking stab in the side, right? That wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yet he ended up having the biggest fucking role in this movie. Right. Which was ridiculous. Right. It's 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 a bit of a slap in the face. I, I love seeing it, but it's a bit of a slap. And and if you remember, completely unrelated, but he did uh, Zombieland, where he dressed up as a Ghostbuster in Zombieland. And then when Zombieland won that award at the Scream Awards, remember when he came up from the floor? Bill Murray dressed in full Ghostbusters garb. He didn't dress up as a ghost. He didn't dress up as a Ghostbuster. He did at the awards. He didn't do it in the movie though. Uh, No, no, he he dressed up. He dressed up in full garb at the awards. But in Zombieland, he was basically playing a Ghostbuster with the fucking vacuum cleaner. Like he was basically. Oh, when they were carrying his role, yeah, yeah. The point is though, is that for a guy that will not that never would want to sign on for a third movie, he seems to do a lot of Ghostbusters related. Work he never he in never other said movies. he never said he didn't want to sign on for a third movie. He was waiting for the right script. Like he, he wanted was, a script that would do justice to the first two movies. And, and to a certain degree, I can respect that, but he held up like they all every everybody was on board. You had Harold Ramis, you had Dan Aykroyd, you had Ernie Hudson, all the other characters, you had Ivan Reitman who was on board to direct, right? Everything was set in place to do the third movie. Mm-hmm. However, they wouldn't do it without Bill Murray, and Bill Murray for years was the one that wouldn't do it. He'd get right. sent a script and he'd rip it up and throw it away. Like, <laughs> kind of fuck Bill Murray. I like, I love Bill Murray, but like, kind of fuck Bill Murray too because he kind of, he kind of fucked it all up. And then Harold Ramis died, yeah. so you're never going to get that original right. thing back. I like, was going to say, and that's why instead of having cameos from all of the original Ghostbusters plus Annie Potts in this movie. Mm-hmm. We got and, all of the original and, Gus, all all of the original Ghostbusters and Annie Potts and a fucking copper bust of Harold Ramis. Yeah, plus plus you had uh, Dana's character from oh, Sigourney Weaver and Sigourney was in the movie we- yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But like you had all these really tasteful things in there, and I love the fact that you mentioned before. Like I love the fact that right outside of one of the dean's offices at the college, you had a bust of Harold. Ramus, yeah. right? So he was there in spirit, and I get that, and I love it. I just, like, I kind of feel like this was a bit of a slap in the face where we're going to get this Ghostbusters movie, but we couldn't fucking get a proper Ghostbusters right. 3 because Bill Murray held out for it for as long as he did, but then Bill Murray had the biggest role of all the original Ghostbusters in the movie. It's like, come on. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's something about it just rubs me the wrong way. Being a Ghostbusters fan, it rubs yeah. me the wrong way. Yeah, you know? I don't need to. Um, I need to look. More, I need to look more into that. I don't know a ton about like his involvement with. I I do know that, like you said, he there were a, a few times where he was thing. sent some scripts and he was like, "Nah, that's not good enough," and he, like tore him up or whatever. It went so, on for years, dude. Like yeah. it, he was the biggest fucking hold up dick about the entire thing. Yeah, it you sucks. know, like. I, I understand it doesn't make me like him any less. <laughs> I no, no no I get that and I know that he he had a really horrible time on Ghostbusters two apparently. Oh really? Like more so out of anybody else. Yeah. yeah. Like on record, he talks about how Ghostbusters two was 
was a horrible experience for him and this and that. And, hmm. I, and I understand that, but like, come on, man. Be a dude. You it's know? like, it's like, don't be a dick. Be a like, dude. <laughs> it's like, bro. Right? Yeah. Bro. Bro. <laughs> bro. Like, like, just bro. <laughs> like, hey, dude. Yeah. Um, bro. What else? Okay. What else do we have here? Um, Speaking of paying homage to the um, homage to the original characters, there's also a character uh, named Thomas Shanks uh, who worked with uh, Abby and Holtzman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dean, it was the dean of Higgins University, mm-hmm. was the name Thomas Shanks was the name of John Carity, John Carity, John Candy's character on SCTV way back in the day where he was he acted with like Rick Moranis and a whole bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because John Candy was originally supposed to play the character that Rick Moranis played in the original movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, if you're talking about paying homage to characters, that's a really deep cut <laughs> to do that. So I, I will give, I'll give the production credit for that. Like That's really cool mm-hmm. that they look back at John Candy even though he didn't ever play a character in the show. Like, he was supposed to be like that. The, the spot was written for him. You know. Did you just say he never played a character in the show. In the, on the. What are you? What are you, my mom? Ah, shut up! <laughs> I, it's a movie, not a show. I get Did it. Did you James. see that new show? <laughs> Which one, mom? The the new show with Brad. I, I with, did just do it with Bradley Pitt and George Clooney. It's because I was talking about SCTV. Are you talking about Ocean's Eleven, Mom? Yeah, that new show. (laughs) Uh, It's a movie, and it's from 20 years ago. You're the worst, Michael. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, okay? Go ahead. I'm so sorry. God. (laughs) No, that annoys the hell out of me, too. I can't believe I did that. Um, Let's see here. Uh, As of January 2019, this film holds the title for the most disliked trailer on YouTube. Like the most. That's how much this movie was fucking hated when it was first announced. Which is, you know, they deserve a medal for it <laughs> for, how, for how bad it was. Um, I have I have a couple more trivia bits here, which I think are actually pretty interesting. Bill Murray's character, Martin Heiss. Martin Heiss was the guy. Bill Murray's character was basically the debunker. Mm-hmm. He he went on like a, a show such as Sally Jesse Raphael, for example, and was like, "These people are abs." Yeah, I'm aging myself. I was These people. Say, that's a deep pull from 25 <laughs> years ago. He's basically saying these people are crazy. This doesn't exist. You I couldn't, can show you. You why. couldn't even go Maury. Who's Maury? Maury Povich. Who's Maury Povich? Oh God. <laughs> no, go go ahead. Is he like uh, more Maury Povich? Yeah. The, you're not a father. You're not the father. I, like like the dinosaurs show, not the mother. Oh Jesus! All right, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, James. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My point is though. Uh, 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 Bill Murray's character is on one of the shows, so he's trying to disprove all the Ghostbusters stuff, mm-hmm. and he actually shows up at their their headquarters, and he's got like, a pretty decently big role. And he gets shoved out or thrown out of a window by one of the ghosts. Here's the thing. In the official novelization of the movie, because there was one apparently, he doesn't actually die. There is a book written by his character, Martin Heiss, that you can actually buy that is called uh, Ghosts from Our Past, both literary and figuratively. 
so where he same. goes on to where he goes on to say, um, let's see here, uh, that he would not have suffered such large medical bills as a result of being knocked out of a window by a ghost had he not believed. So there's a tie-in book that goes with this from his character where he admits that he believes in ghosts because he survived his pushing out of the window <laughs> by a ghost in that very, it's, it's a very specific reference <laughs> that this entire book is uh, predicated on, but mm-hmm. that's a thing apparently <laughs> who knew, <laughs> but uh, that's all I got James. All right. Anything else you want to add to Ghostbusters? Answer the call. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that we've said everything we need to say about this movie. I would I would recommend watching it, honestly. There was a lot of hate thrown at this movie when it first came out. And uh, although it probably deserves a small fraction of that hate, I'd say. It's not a it's perfect also, movie. It's also still worth a watch. Like it's It's still an entertaining movie. Um, I think that if you can, it's, if you it's can definitely separate not, yourself from sep- the the original yeah. franchise, yeah, if you can separate yourself from your love for Ghostbusters one and two, and all of the subsequent of <laughs> subsequent cartoons, if you can, well, this is worth a watch. And if you like Paul Feig movies, and you like the comedy of these uh, these strong leading comedy ladies, then yeah, definitely. St- super check it out uh, or or if you're just a fan of comedy and you don't have that built-in love for the original ghostbuster series like we do i think you'll like this movie oh 100%. it's not a bad it's not a bad movie yeah I think that if you have no time yeah if you have no ties to the originals and it's not like you'll a, love it yeah if it's not a big thing for you yeah you'll love this movie yeah it's, it's great i i think that for people like us who grew up with the original franchise, this was just a very jarring um, addition to the franchise. You know, we weren't, it wasn't that we weren't which, ready for it. Which it just, we'll, we just didn't we'll get it. over, we will get over it in time, but just, you know, give us yeah. time. That's so, all. so to end it though, Bad Brew, does it deserve its reputation? Uh, half and half, I'd say. That's not an answer. I need a yes or a no answer, James. <laughs> does it does it deserve its reputation? No. No, I with, agree with a little. I agree hundred percent with, with a little bit of yes. <laughs> I I think that there it's not a perfect movie, but does it deserve the reputation of destroying the entire Ghostbusters franchise? No, I don't no. think that it does. No, I I have watched this movie three times at this point, and I enjoyed actually more. The more that I watch it, like I just maybe because I'm becoming, I'm I'm separating it more from the original. Maybe it's the drugs. I don't know what it is. <laughs> the thing is, though, is like I I do find myself enjoying this movie the more I watch it. So yeah. that's got to say something. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, check it out. If you're if you're on the fence about it, if uh, if you had like a weird twig in your pussy about it, just watch it. <laughs> it's 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 worth a watch. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> a twig in your pussy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, oh, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> or a or a nettle in your penis hole? I don't know. <laughs> a, net, a nettle uh, in your pedal? A nettle in your pedal. God. 
All right. Uh, yeah, check check this movie out. Don't three take, o'clock in the morning has worn off on us. Don't take our word for it. Check this movie out. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a pretty good ride. It's got its problems, but it's a pretty good ride overall. Sure, sure. Uh, just like Mike, actually. Um, in the meantime, before, I don't know how I feel about that. Before next week, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, SoundCloud, and uh, Facebook at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzkill PC. You can also find us on, uh, you know, if I we're on YouTube, we have a show. We haven't done anything in a little bit because COVID is stopping yeah. us from being together. Tracking and I got to be honest with COVID. you, I sat down here and I tried to do an episode by myself, and it just it just didn't feel right without the the heater of a human next mm. to me portraying his his heat onto me like, did i felt you, cold it was did a you cold save, side did you save it so i could at least watch it no i didn't oh, i got about prick. i got through about one thing and i realized this isn't working <laughs> this is this is bad all right so uh. well we will return we will return in fantastic fashion at some point in time or i'll grow a set of balls and do it myself i don't know something will come first but we will we will return in uh in cyberpunk 2077 fashion with our dicks out. <laughs> By that game, we're in it. <laughs> With our dicks out. <laughs> Didn't you hear about that? The no. glitch? <laughs> no. <laughs> There's a glitch in Cyberpunk 2070. That's what it's called, right? Cyber Cyberpunk 2077. Mm-hmm. There's a glitch where <laughs> the characters have their dicks out. Hey, man. It's just like like all the time. Cyber out with your cockle out, right? That was... Cyber cockle? That doesn't rhyme. Fuck. No, 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 that's not a rhyme. <laughs> Future out with your cuclear out. This is getting worse. Hey, I've been Mike, and that's been James. This is the Buzzkill Podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.